This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I am so excited to be here and share with you the word that I have for this particular conference. And as you know, uh, you've heard the speakers. How many have been here hearing the speakers? It's been fantastic. Um, Pastor Poulet spoke about revelation, information versus information, which is so true. My goodness, it's been, it's been so enlightening, I think, to many people who are into um, education, information, and that is not, that's not the only way, believe me. The second thing is Pastor Nikki spoke about the difference between visitation and habitation. Hallelujah. Pastor Washington spoke on godly wisdom. Dr. Davidzoeche spoke on the significance of gatekeepers. Hallelujah. We need gatekeepers. Some of you are gatekeepers that don't know that you're gatekeepers yet, but you will. Pastor Ray spoke about revelation and its role in assisting us in birthing, preserving, and fulfilling our purposes of God. Fabulous. Everybody stole my message. Every time someone was speaking, I went, huh? They know. They took my message. But we're partaking of the fruit, and we are encouraging. We have been encouraged because of Pastor Tom. He uh, had a revelation decades ago. And this conference is not about flesh and blood. It's not about a good idea. It's not about religion. It's a moment in God's timing. And you are here partaking of that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in the word of the year, Pastor Tom said that we need to be intentional about searching out the scriptures in this matter. We need to invest in setting aside time to be in his presence. Understand that God has always put his highest in his presence. You'll see what I'm talking about. But today, I really want to address worship in the context of war, which is wisdom and revelation. But I want to address it more in the concept of worship and in the setting of the congregation, which is you, the setting of the congregation. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, and let us consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Meeting together, congregating. Meeting together is so important. The enemies recently tried to isolate us and keep us from congregating because he knows the power of corporate worship. We value more corporate worship since the lockdowns. How many of you are really enjoying your time coming to church and being in the midst of the congregation? Because it is a time when, when the Spirit of God is moving in a way that He's not going to move alone with you in your closet. Now, there's nothing wrong with being in your closet. You need to be in your closet. You need to fellowship with one or two people. But this corporate, which you'll see in a minute, it's also mirrored in Psalm 22, 22 and 25. I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. You're an assembly. I'll praise you from, from you comes my great, my great, from you comes my praise in the great assembly. I'll pay my vows before those who fear him. For those, 
It's us together, a congregation. It is so crucial. So another scripture that speaks about congregation, which I got a revelation of, is Isaiah 3, 2, 1. Well, speaking of that, this week, the archive department brought me my first praise and worship seminar in 1984. Well, I told you I was only two when I came. I first taught this revelation of truth. So I want you to see this because I want you to don't, you don't know where you're going till you know where you've come from. no children. The church was barely two years old. Do you remember that, Pastor Tom? <laughs> were, were any of you even alive in 1984? Who, 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 who was born then? Who was around then? I think somebody in here was actually in that praise and worship seminar in 1984. So were you there? Yes, you were there. Hallelujah. You, you look different too. Anyway, the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as is my custom, wisdom is pounded in. You are never going to not hear me talk about Isaiah 4, 3, 2, 1. Um, you see, what I just discovered, because Scripture is multi-layered, it is uh, something you always learn. The people that I form for myself is actually a congregated unit, a tribe, a troop, a flock, a nation. Now, when I discovered that scripture, I was looking for people to know you were created by the Lord to praise him, but I didn't know it in the context of the congregation. Now I realize he created the congregation. He created you to be part of the congregation, not to be your own separate self. And people are looking for their own self. You know, well, I'm my own self. I want my own identity. Who am I? But it's about who we are. It's about who we are. And my question is, how does God see this? Again, I always ask that question, not how do you see it, what does the government say, what does this leader say, it's how does the Lord see this? So praise and worship and prayer should not be defined by culture, opinion, preference, or what is popular. It is war, wisdom and revelation. The truth in the church has been diluted, infiltrated, misinterpreted over the years. So I came across an article recently where an author mentioned that the great heresy in the church today is that we think we're in the entertainment business. We think we're in the entertainment business. A.W. Towser believed this to be true, that the church members 
want to be entertained while they're edified. They want to be entertained. Hence, lights, smoke. We've used lights and smoke, and we probably still will maybe here and there, but it's in a way that is not for entertainment, but for atmosphere. And the point is this. I even have been hearing other churches opening their services with hard rock, heavy metal songs to reach the people. That has never been the Lord's pattern. And that is not what he wants. And you'll see that in a minute. But it says that um, A.W. Tozer said, it is scarcely possible, and I think it was 1962, scarcely possible in most places to get anyone to attend a meeting where the only attraction is God. Well, we got to have food, we got to have coffee, we got to have sadza. We have to have some guest speaker or some guest artist. We won't come just because we want to go and meet our Lord. However, when it comes to worship, there seems to be a trend for us to worship God the way we think, the way we feel, the way we want. It was the same in the day in Judges, chapter 21-25, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Are you doing what is right in your own eyes? Or do you know that it is what the Lord wants? Pastor Tom was speaking about that today. No matter what our opinion, culture, and preferences are, Proverbs 19.21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. That will stand. So it's not about what he, what we, it's not about what we want. It's about what he wants. He prescribed, he ordained, he established what he esteems. So how do we know what he wants? The key is understand and discern sound doctrine according to the word of God. But as Paul stated in Romans 10 too, they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. Look at your neighbor. Do you think they have a zeal for God and no knowledge? (laughs) That is very possible. That is very possible that we've all been there. I know I've been there. A zeal for the Lord, but didn't have the knowledge. Sound doctrine is lacking universally in the church. So a person can be sincere, but sincerely wrong. And like I said, I've been there. Sincerely wrong. Look what happened to Uzzah. Have you ever heard of Uzzah? Who's heard of Uzzah? You know, the Lord had established a pattern of his presence in what's called the Ark of the Covenant. So the presence of God was in an ark. And this served as a physical manifestation of God's presence on earth. The ark had been captured by the Philistines and ended up in a man's house named Abinadab. He had two sons, Uzzah and Ohio. They were used to sing the Ark of the Covenant in their house for years. So they were used to it. King David came, though, into power years later, decades later, and decided he needed to get that ark back to Jerusalem. So he organized that, but the people placed it on a new ox cart, and they traveled, and as they traveled, the oxen stumbled, and the ark began to fall. So Uzzah reached out to steady it. 
but God struck him dead. So in 2 Samuel 6, we read, when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out toward the ark and, of God and took hold of it because the oxen nearly overturned it. And the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah and God struck him down there for his irreverence. And he died there by the ark of God. David was really angry. Are you kidding me? He was protecting the ark from falling off when the oxen stumbled. Why would God kill him? How many of you under, don't understand that? Let me see. Who really says, well, is that really our father? And that's what people use against us sometimes, eh? They say, well, the Lord, you know, he's a, he's a manslayer. Let me tell you something. There is a reason. First Chronicles 15, 13, when David finally understood, hey, we didn't seek him according to the ordinance. Wait a minute, he had a reason. They were told in Numbers 4.15, when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the holy objects and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set out, after that the sons of Koeth shall come and carry them by the poles that they will not touch the holy objects and die. You see, Go back to the picture of the carrying the ark. They were told that like that on the right side, right side, yeah. That on poles, so it didn't touch anything, lest they die. That's what the Lord said. He established that. Then they put it on the ark, on, on, on a ox-driven cart, and the, and the ox stumbled. And when he, they did, the ark was about to fall off. And so Uzzah, oh, with sincere heart, oh, I don't, want the, I don't want the ark to fall, reached out and touched it. But he did disobey the ordinance God already had established. There are many ordinances that the Lord has established that we disobey and we wonder why we're sick, why we have trouble in a relationship, because the Lord established principles, but we don't know what they are. Ignorance is not bliss. Especially when it comes to things like sadza and sugar and, you know. <laughs> so Uzzah was struck for his irreverence. Now, that is what we see often in the church today. We treat the Lord as common familiar, ordinary, casual. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Tom spoke about sanctification. And he said that the sanctification is a process, and it means to make something holy. And many of us don't even know what holy means. So you think, do you know that holy, if you say holy, or if you say, I want you to be holy, or if you say, I want you to be uh, modest, People look at you like that's a swear word. Modest? Well, what does that mean? Your skirt has to be to the ground. You have to have your hair in a bun. You cannot wear makeup. How dare you show your elbow? So it's like, what? That is not modest and holy. Holy means to be separated for the Lord. It's not casual, it's not common, familiar, ordinary. 
We treat the Lord that way. Holy means separate, separate unto God. Do people know that you are a Christian? That they know you're different by your lifestyle? How do they know you're different? What do you do that is not like the world? Do you dress like the world and show all kinds of things? Big pictures and stuff. Do you drink like the world? Do you carouse like the world? Do you party like the world? How do they know you're a Christian? Are you separate? Now, holy and modest does not mean boring. Does not mean old-fashioned. So, one of the, my pet peeves is there were some people, girls wearing miniskirts, really shut, you know, all the guys going, mm, as they walk by, you know. They wore miniskirts, but they wore very modest tops. Then the next day, they wore a longer skirt, but hardly anything on the top. And I'm like, wait a minute. You can wear a long skirt, and you can wear a modest top. Why not wear them together? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, that's beside the point. So in Leviticus, God said, by those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. Do we treat him as holy? Common, familiar, well, what's up, God? And before the people, I'll be honored. 1 Peter 1.16 says, it is written, you shall be holy. You shall be holy. You shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy in attitude, in word, in spirit, in dress, in, in what you eat. Not a pig. Look at your neighbor. Are they holy? Oh, don't answer that question right now because we'll wait till the end. Pastor Tom said it's a process. <laughs> so um, a few years ago, we did a clip demonstrating people's different positions and responses to the Lord in praise and worship. So I want to show you that clip. We call it the before and after clip. So I want to... Um, it's, a, it's, it's predominantly on praise, but I want you to see this. So you can show. The mature sons of God are led by their spirit. If you know how to praise God, He will protect you. Stand up. Sacrifice. Be bold. Be strong. Don't be afraid. God wants your emotion for Him. He created you like that because He wants it. We have conformed to the world's misinformation, malformation, and deformation. And it's time to get back to how God sees things. You are responsible. God wants you to be responsible. You can ruin it. You can destroy it. You can thwart it. Or you can be empowered to do it. You see, we were created to praise and worship God. And, and if we don't, if you don't praise and worship God, you're going to praise and worship something else, no matter what. Because your brain was made to do that. If you don't drink water, you will drink something else.
We should be so emotional for Jesus that we praise Him, that we sing to Him, that we, we are so overwhelmed with His presence. The Word of God will be established in you according to your devotion to Him. <laughs> did any of you see yourself in there? And if you didn't see yourself, did you see yourself? Which are you, before or after? What about your neighbor, before or after? <laughs> after? Who says after? After this session, you'll be after, definitely. So what is worship? Because I want to focus a little bit more on worship than praise. And that is praise, prayer, and worship are all communication with the Lord, all of them, and should be based on the pattern that he designed. We need to pursue Him, we need to follow Him, praise Him, worship Him intentionally. Intentionally. It's not just, you know, I've said, people praise the Lord. You know, when I get people to try to lift their hands, when I first came to this country in 1984, trying to get people to raise their hands, hey, nobody wanted to raise their hands. I mean, the, the um, cause it was, there was, let's say basically, basically a European community and a, an African community. The European community just wanted to, Stand like this. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. You know, I'm like trying to get them to lift their hands. And Africans. <laughs> so there was no lifting of hands. The hands were down here doing booga booga, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but regarding worship, oh, and then I'd say, so. Their way to say, you know, some people say, no, Pastor, you can't tell me to lift my hand. I, you know, I'll do it when I feel like it. I, you know, the Holy Spirit will lead me. So I'm like, what are you waiting on? They're waiting on the Holy Spirit to go, oh. So I see my hands. Oh. Like, <laughs> no, you lift your hands. You raise your hands. You Tauda, you Shabbat, you Halal. <laughs> so regarding worship, the two main definitions, one is Hebrew, which comes the Hebrew word uh, shaka, and it is in the Old Testament. The other is Greek proskuneo, but the shaka is prostrate, bow down, fall flat, humbly beseech, do reverence, fall down. How often really do we bow before the Lord? But that's what it means whenever you see worship. It's not just worship, worship, it's worship on the floor. Proskuneo in the New Testament, in the Greek, is to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Prostrate oneself in homage, do reverence, and to adore. Prostrate oneself. Lick like a dog licking the master's hand. Let me tell you something. How many of you have a dog? Does it, lack, does it lick your hand? 
Is it happy no matter what you do to it? You can kick it, shout at it, tell it to go outside, tell it to get down, go away, don't be, and it still is happy to see you when you come home. That is, the, that is agape love. That is God's representation. Pastor Tom didn't believe in that until Sarah brought a dog home. And now he understands what licking the master's hand is all about. Unfortunately, although he complains, he still lets it happen. And he understands what that specific point is about. But that is the definition. When you see the word worship, it really means to bow on your knees, to be on your face, prostrate. Again, it's not much of what we do. And people used to say, oh, but I don't want anybody to see me on my knees. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I feel like, a, you know, the Lord is actually wanting me to, uh. It's not about everybody else. It's about you. But in congregation is really key. Anyway, the pattern in the Bible is that prayer, praise, and worship precede warfare, victory, and revelation. It goes first and priority. <clears throat> worship also precedes revelation. And you need knowledge and understanding to walk in wisdom. And that then leads us to the wisdom and revelation, which revelation comes by, be, uh, is preceded by worship. So it's all connected, interwined, twoven, interwoven, twoven, is that a word? Woven, I don't know, anyway, connected, you get it, right? So in Jehoshaphat, it was at the time the land of Judah was about to be invaded by their enemies. And it, their response was in line with the Lord's pattern. Look at 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid when he found out the enemy was coming. And he turned his attention to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a period of fasting throughout Judah. We just did that. Then in the midst of the assembly... Everybody say, midst of the assembly. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. Hallelujah. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head. He worshiped with his face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord. Worshiping Shaka the Lord. They all fell down. Now, Pastor Tom, he decreed a fast. We have enemies out there, enemies coming after us all the time. It's not going to stop, people. It's not going to stop. Our warfare will not stop. However, if Pastor Tom came in and said, All right, everybody, on your face, would you do it? You think so? A few brave souls in here. But the point being is that there comes a time when there's a decree to do a certain thing. Raise your hands. Get on your knees. Come to the altar. And you obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. And you heard about obedience today or this week. It's been fantastic. But when he had consulted the people... He appointed those who sang to the Lord. Those who sang to the Lord. Hallelujah. He appointed those who, they're supposed to be not seen right now. So those of you who, those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. In holy attire? 
You know, the Lord does care about what you put on your body because he created that body. And he doesn't want that body showing anything that should be kept for an intimate situation, like a husband. <laughs> Why do you want everybody else to see everything? God had a plan. We just don't know it. And it's been perverted. It's so easy. You know, you, you become what you behold. So if the whole world is showing big pictures, you want to show one too, even if you don't have one. <laughs> and so we are infiltrated by what we see, and it's everywhere. And I appreciated what the pastor was saying about the social media. Oh, and Pastor Tom today, the, you know, it gets really tiring. But you just become what you behold. Amen. So it said that when they began singing, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness is everlasting. They went out before the army. How many of you would go out before the Zimbabwe army and just sing? Doesn't sound very exciting. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.